Good afternoon, everyone. Last week, I was very fortunate to attend a birthday party. So I always get invitations to such celebrations, but I barely make it there. Even if I have the intent to do, but at times my schedules have so many conflicts. But this was a, this was a very special birthday celebration. It was in Long Grove. So I went in, it was a birthday for a girl who has Down syndrome. And there were so many other kids like her, and most of them were in wheelchairs. So when I arrived at the house where this party was going on, this little girl was in her wheelchair with a very big smile, telling everyone coming in, thank you for coming to my birthday party. She was telling each and everyone coming in with a very big smile, thank you for coming to my birthday party. All day, all time we were there, she was saying the same words, everyone, thank you for coming to my birthday party. Everyone, she goes around. And what I saw, everyone who was there, most of these kids, they were in a wheelchair, but you could see genuinely their smile, that it's not a fake smile. It's coming from their heart. They're grateful for having that birthday celebration. But then when time came to cut the cake, they were looking for candles. They forget the candles. And, you know, they tried, let's go for candles. But I told them, we don't need candles. Their smiles are already lighting up the room. So what's the use of the candles now? We didn't have candles. But when we were having the meal, the only thing I could think of is the heavenly banquet, where everyone is truly and genuinely happy. Sometimes we have people faking up their smiles. You ask someone, how are you? I am okay. As I already say, I am okay is the greatest lie of our time. Someone is not okay, says, yeah, I'm okay. So, but these children taught me something that to be grateful is not to look for much, but the people around you. They were genuinely happy, and what I could see in this room was total love. It was a challenge. In the first reading today in the book of Deuteronomy, after the making the covenant, Moses now tells the people, the covenant was made with terms and conditions. Do you know the terms and condition of the covenant? They are the Ten Commandments. It's very easy in America today, if you're going to buy something, they always tell you terms and conditions apply. Even if they don't tell you those terms and conditions. But they tell you they apply. If you're going to buy a car, they tell you, oh, it's 279 a month. Then in very small letters, they write other figures. So you have to be very careful to see them. But God wasn't like that. When he made the covenant with the Israelites, he gave them the Ten Commandments and says, these are the terms and conditions of our relationship. But that's true to every human society, that when people come together, we always try to come up with rules, conditions, and terms, because God wants us to be happy. For being happy, we always gain some things, that's why he put the rules to preserve what we've gained. 
for the common good and for the personal good. But the danger we have is every time we try to create a new role, we feel, we feel that we should fill it up with more roles, more roles, more roles. In the end of it all, we can't even keep the roles. But God gave them 10. They multiply them to 600 and something. But what's important, God is telling them the first commandment is, to loving, is loving God with our heart. But the most important is in verse 4, the Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Shema. Every Jewish person who took his faith serious recited that prayer every morning at rising, the Shema. Reminds you, listen, O Israel, listen. So listening goes with something else. You listen and you obey. You listen and you obey. That's what God was telling them. So every morning you get up of your bed, you recite the Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God. This is what you should do. Loving your God. So that was the great commandment among the, the ten commandments he gave them. But when we see today, if you remember now, last Sunday, Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem. And then there was a blind man called Bartimaeus. Okay, that was chapter 10. But now today we are ready from chapter 12. So we skipped chapter 11 and part of chapter 12, which has a good, very a good background for the gospel today. So Jesus goes in chapter 11. He goes to Jerusalem. He cleans the temple. Uh, he tries to teach. And now, chapter 12, a scholar of the law, the scribe come and ask him, okay, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? By the way, this wasn't something new. All the rabbis used to go and discuss that question. What is the most important commandment? Which one is it? So it was always a common practice for them to discuss such questions. But what's the difference? The scribe asking Jesus knows that Jesus is a very controversial figure. He says, hey, Mr. Controversies, what do you have to say about this? Jesus says, well, the first commandment is loving God with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might. And the second one, now he goes to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. He says, you can't only love God alone. God is love through loving others. He brings them together. So every time you talk about loving God, think of loving someone else. That's how it goes. That's how it works. So Jesus brings the two together and says you love God and you love the neighbor. And now you should think about the neighbor, the, the good Samaritan. Remember that story? That's a neighbor. Anyone in need. Anyone in need of listening to. Anyone who needs any help from you is a neighbor. But what's so important, Jesus brings these two commandments telling us that when you love God, you can only express it through the love of your neighbor. We can say, I love God, true, but show it. Don't just talk about it, show it. By the way we treat others. But at the end we realize that Jesus realizes that People don't know how to love themselves. Why do you think we have so many suicides going on? 
People don't love themselves. So if someone doesn't love himself or herself, how do you expect that person to love you? That's why in the Gospel of John chapter 13, he tells us, now I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus now becomes the center of love. What he does, he gives up his life. Say, what I am doing, you should imitate. So we come here to worship today. God is asking us, how much do you love me? You say, God, I really love you. Then he asks you, show it. How do you show it? By the way you treat your neighbor. By the way you treat the homeless you find on the door, on the street. The way you treat an old person who has lost his family and is lonely. How do you treat those people who need us? So Jesus is challenging us today. You can only love me by loving what I love. And what does God love? It's us. So when we love one another, that's where we love God. So what do you do to show that you love God? Saying prayers is very good, it's a noble cause, but it's beyond just saying prayers. Going out and bringing God into your world. What is your world? Where is your world? That's where Jesus wants you to take him. The Lord be with you.